Warning, the content of the show is left-leaning and offers radical ideas, plus challenging the status quo. Accordingly, we ask you to remain calm and have an open mind. If not, there are other podcast shows that can speak to your conformity. Shut up and sit down. Thank you for downloading this episode of Firebrand. I am your host, AJ, and this is a little bit more of a special episode because in the last almost close to 24 hours right now, the uh, House, U.S. House Democrats have been doing a sit-in in for gun legislation. In the last 20 hours, they started yesterday... At 11.25 Eastern Standard Time. And they've been sitting there. Each member of the Democratic House has taken a turn at the lectern and speak out about, you know, why gun legislation is important. There was a moment where I thought there was actually going to be a fight. On the House floor, where Republicans actually tried to come onto the floor, Speaker Ryan came out and tried to conduct business, but the Democrats just shouted and put signs in front of the Speaker's faces. And this is what's been going on, and it's kind of interesting. Um, It's interesting because there's a lot of things I want to... Um, breakdown. One of which is that uh, one thing I didn't know. So I usually watch C-SPAN in order to really get um, the pulse of what's going on in both the House and the Senate. Um, if you haven't watched C-SPAN, I-, I encourage you to because C-SPAN is just they just turn the cameras on and they just let it run. There's no commentary. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's right there. It's raw. Um, you can hear it word for word what rep- each representative is doing, what vote is going on right this minute. And what I didn't know is that even though C-SPAN is broadcasting it, that it's the House and the Senate respectively controls the cameras. So when the House Democrats were speaking out of um, decorum. That's when the House, either it was Paul Ryan or someone who controls the cameras, just turn them off. Just plain turn them off. And it's interesting because now you're starting to have two representatives who are using, one's using their Facebook account, and I think they're using their Go Live, I believe. Um, they're doing the Facebook and there's another app that's called Periscope. Um, Twitter created it and C-SPAN is just picking up that feed and they're conducting, C-SPAN's conducting through the social media outlets instead of, you know, their, the traditional means, which was the camera. 
So it's interesting to see that that use, utilizing social media when um, broadcast is being censored to the public. So I find that very interesting. The second thing I find interesting is the House rules. It's forty nine pages. Um, if you really want to, if you're an insomniac, you should try to get some sleep. Try to read forty nine pages. Excuse me, forty five pages of House rules. <laughs> Um, there's nowhere in these rules for this kind of conduct to happen in terms of discipline. It tells you what decorum is. It tells you how to act on the House floor and in committees and everything. But there's nothing in there from a disciplinary action standpoint that these Legislators are out of line. There's nothing in there, and there's nothing like you're trial. Nothing like holding them in contempt, um, just turning the lights off. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing there. This is the first time that I can recall in my lifetime and my readings in history, political U.S. political history. That something like this has ever happened. Now, back in yesteryear, when our country was being founded, and you know this idea of democracy, and and I pinpoint from Jefferson forward as kind of where we start this democratic process. But I mean, you've heard things like you know possible gunfire in in the in Congress. You've heard. People bringing whips out, um, maybe fights, but nothing like this. Nothing like legislators who are occupying space. And I got to be honest, this kind of puts me in a quandary of sorts. There's a part of me that really is applauding their efforts because this is what I would love to see in my elected official to actually take charge and do this kind of tactic while there are they are a sitting legislator. And that's what I'm really applauding them for because these guys are like I said, it's coming up on 20 hours of doing this. And, yeah, like, I, I just really just can't explain it. It's just, it's awesome to see, but here's the other thing. Why did it take them this long to do this kind of thing? Why? Because... There have been other mass shootings that has gone on. There has been other social policies that they've kind of done the same thing with regarding what they're doing right now. But they did it. They're doing it right now. Now. Someone would, some people would say... Is that you have the right House members to do this kind of thing. 
one could say that, well, it's really the leadership of John Lewis that under his helm, this is why people are doing it. And just off to the side with that one, I mean, if I was a House member and John Lewis asked me personally or just, you know, in a whatever, um, requested myself to partake in this kind of action, I'm not going to say no. I mean, we're talking about John Lewis. We're talking about the man who stood next to Martin Luther King Jr. We're talking about a man who stood on that bridge in Selma. We're talking about a man who marched marched on Washington. We're talking about a man who has done these various things through SNCC. Who has worked with CORE. Who was probably in meetings with COFO. um, He's probably still has friends and been part a participant with the SCLC. We're talking about a man during the civil rights movement that he had to endure all those things and put these tactics into actions. So yeah, I would say yes. That even though I never got to do that with him during his time in the 60s, I would be very much honored to sit next to him if possible. By sitting next to him on the house floor to sit in to get this kind of legislation passed. Now back up more to the point. So you have John Lewis taking the charge of this action. And you have other legislators who've been there for quite some time. And you also have legislators who are really, how should I say this? They are really lean, they lean more of what has happened in the last few years. And by that I mean like what what has happened. Occupy some of these representatives have endured other actions by, like in Florida, you have the Mokley workers taking actions. You have people in New York, when it comes to Fight for 15, occupied a few other things. Those in Pennsylvania, when it comes to labor strikes, when it comes to other actions, so forth and so forth. These people have seen it all. Possibly. Some of these people have no people that participate in these things. So it's like again, like I said, it's awesome to see this, but I also have to question why now? We have to question why now. Some of the representatives at this point have said that, you know, Paul Ryan has called this a political theater. And some of them are saying through social media, via Periscope and Facebook on C-SPAN, that they are taking offense 
that the speaker is calling this political theater. Well, well, what else is it, guys? It is political theater. And it just happens to be the time when some of you guys' seats are up. You only have a two-year period of being a representative. So it kind of looks like a little bit of political theater and coincidentally something to show like, look, I am standing up for you. Do you remember when I sat in, in the House for gun legislation? I was that person. I was there. I spoke. I was on, I had airtime. I was interviewed by MSNBC and other outlets. So, of course, it looks like political theater because it is political theater. Don't change the argument that it's not because you know, full well know that it is. Like I said, it just happens to overlap the time that you guys get elected into office. Now, moving on. So, I've been watching... This political theater. Uh, Off and on throughout yesterday and this morning. Um, Because quite honestly, I didn't know how long it was going to last. I thought, you know, it may stop. But they just kept going. They keep going and keep going. So I've listened to a few of them. Some of them have spoken more than once. Um, Sheila Jackson Lee down in Houston has spoken a few times. John Lewis has spoken a few times. Um, a lot of the representatives from Connecticut have spoken. A lot from California have spoken. Uh, and, and let me keep in mind that some of the senators have joined in solidarity with the representatives. So you had Elizabeth Warren there. You had Bernie Sanders there. Um, Blumenthal from Connecticut was there. You had uh, Murphy from Connecticut, the senator from Connecticut who did a filibuster, the 18-hour, excuse me, 15-hour filibuster on gun legislation. You had um, Bob Casey from Pennsylvania. So you had Tammy Duckworth from Illinois. So you had a few of the senators just coming in, sitting with them as well. But when I was listening to some of them, some of them, they're all talking about gun legislation. And there was one in particular, and a representative and the constituents of this representative, I mispronounce your name, I deeply apologize. I try my best to say everyone's last name correctly since my last name is foreign as well. So Representative... Ted um, Dutch out of Florida. Um, he's out of the 21st Congressional District, which kind of represents um, Coral Springs and uh, Boca Raton down in Florida. When I was listening to him, it was kind of like a more general speech until he got towards the end of his speech and that was and that was this he's he closed by saying i'm tired i'm cold 
and I'm hungry. And he went through those three things. Now, let me say at first that I I understood where he was coming from. And let me also say that all these people, I'm giving them the benefit of doubt that all these legislators have good intentions of what they're doing. Albeit it's political theater, but they may have good intentions of what they're doing right now as I'm doing this broadcast podcast, as well as some of you are seeing it on the news or reading it in the news. So the representative out of Florida, Tim Dutch, said, I'm tired, I'm cold, and I'm hungry. And he said, you know, it's a privilege to be tired. Because he said he is tired because he's been up all hours of the night doing this and everything. And when he was referencing cold and tired also, that he was referring to the 49 victims who may have not gotten to eat anything after a night of dancing, and if they were not gunned down by a murderer, that, you know, they too may have been hungry and, you know, fed themselves at night and everything. And the cold and tired part, you know, referencing, you know, him as a father, that it's our job as parents to comfort our children when they're tired and they're cold, as well as they're hungry and everything. Like I said, I'm sure the representative had really good intentions on when he was expressing that. And that's the part I'm not taking away. But here's the one thing I will say when... He referenced that he's tired, he's cold, and he's hungry. You know who else is who's tired, cold, and hungry, Representative? The thousands upon thousands upon thousands of those in the south and west side of Chicago and various boroughs in New York, particularly in Harlem, the Bronx, in Brooklyn, those who are in Houston, those who are in Dallas, those who are in Compton, California, those Native Americans who are isolated in very rugged terrain in the United States, uh, youth who are in foster care because their parents or loved ones are going through uh, a struggle in their journey in life when it comes to drug addiction, alcohol, or whatever their vice is because they cannot get the health care they need for them to have a better physical and mental quality of life for themselves. Uh, those who are also tired, cold, and hungry are the homelessness that we have here in the United States, but yet we have so many home foreclosures that we can put them in those homes even as a temporary thing or even during colder months and then try to figure out what to do with those housing or, oh, I don't know, 
you have places like the Bronx or Brooklyn where you start gentrifying areas and you're actually pushing people out, just like they do in Portland, Oregon, just like they're doing in Chicago, Illinois, just like they're doing in small town USA. These are the people who are also tired, cold, and hungry, you know? And there's also places like Springfield, Illinois, the capital of the state, the center of politics in Illinois. They do not have a grocery store for those who live downtown. And restaurants close at 2 in the afternoon and some of them reopen at 5. Or some of them just open at 5 p.m. So they have to travel at least 10, 15 minutes from downtown Springfield just to get food. If they can get on a bus. If they don't, it's because they're trying to focus on, you know, what other activities they need to be doing in order for them to get back into normalcy on how we define normalcy in society. So, yes, I understand what you're saying when you're saying tired, cold, and hungry. And you're trying to put that on what happened in Orlando, as well as your perspective as a parent. And you may feel it's a privilege to be tired for the long hours you're putting in on the house well. But, like I said, you're doing this for 18 hours. Try 18 months. Try 18 years of being tired, cold, and hungry. And some people are doing that. So yes, this is the political theater that you're doing. This is what happens. And and you may, and for those who are listening, you may see a meme I might be putting out here very soon. Um, you know, it's it's funny because all these legislators are occupying the floor, but what about us who are occupying every day? What about that, legislators? You looked at us as if we were the outlier. And you looked at us as if we were crazy. You didn't give us a time of day at all. And we occupied parks. We occupied streets. We occupied um, buildings. We've occupied schools. We did everything that we could just to have our voices heard. And yet... You didn't give us time of day. And you told us that we were doing nothing but political theater. So it's funny how one's political theater is another's outlier. Uh, There's a, a quote that's been going around on Facebook. And I'm trying to pull that up here. In a second. 
And it's a well said quote. And it really speaks to what's going on right now in Congress um, as a little bit of being critical of what they're doing and everything. Um, Kiana Yamata Taylor, who's an author at Princeton in the African American Studies Department, um, he authored the book um, Hashtag Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation. You can get that on Haymarket Books. Um, And he also did a speech about the fight against the new Jim Crow. Uh, You should really check Taylor out. Um, He's also been in um, Tacoban Magazine. He's been a truth out. Uh, This is what he he says. And it really speaks to what's going on here as well. He said, color me unimpressed. Where was a sit-in when Congress was cutting $5 billion in food stamps? Where is a sit-in for affordable housing as Congress continues to cut HUD to shreds? Where is a sit-in against police brutality in our cities? Where is the sit-in against the Supreme Court ruling yesterday that guts the Fourth Amendment and reviews quote-unquote stop-and-frisk policing? And where is... The sit-in to demand equitable funding for our nation's public schools. And where is the sit-in to end racism in the criminal justice system? This is what I'm talking about. Where have been those sit-ins in Congress? Where has been those actions that the legislators should have been taking issue with? It took all of us, and not just in contemporary times, but in previous times, that all of us from the outside had to change the opinion from the inside. As I said before in previous episodes on this show, as well as on Out Front with my friend Nick, it took... Socialists, anarchists, and communists and laborers to get FDR to pass something of substance when it comes to workers' rights and actually putting people back to work during the Depression. Um, It took the Civil Rights Movement and other activists and organizers to get LBJ to get some sort of civil rights policy going in place. It took all of us to get the kind of legislation that we need but these people have not been doing that rather they just sit in committees and they want to go through the process and go through reforms but we don't want reforms we need change we need absolute change so when Taylor says Where has been the sit-ins when it comes to the food stamps, the affordable housing, police brutality in cities, the gutting of the Fourth Amendment, funding public schools? Where have been those sit-ins? And I'm sure after this, there's going to be more sit-ins at the state level. I'm sure of it, you know, because they have to follow suit somewhere. So since they are the first, I'm sure other city councils, um, state governments, something 
is going to happen. And just you watch. As soon as this happens, the Illinois General Assembly is going to probably do the exact same thing when it comes to the budget. And that's going to be interesting all by itself because you're dealing with a governor who has the money and who could probably do erroneous things when it comes to the rules. But we also be also impressed as to what Madigan will do if this ever happens because he's not the kind of person who would do this. And if he does, you want to talk about political theater, this is a person who would do political theater just so a budget can get passed. But yet, myself and others have been advocating for this and no one wants to occupy the um, state house in Illinois when it comes to the budget. But that's here nor there. Watch this sit-in, this political theater that is going on. Because this is probably... Maybe the only time we're going to see it. Or it's going to be once in a blue moon that we're going to see something like this. But it's interesting nonetheless. And whether you are really for it and you're getting behind a legislator, that's awesome. Um, And if you are watching this and you want to have that critical perspective to it, that's great also. You You know, an argument is not about winning. Argument is about progress. And all these legislators want is an actual debate about gun legislation. That's all they're doing this for. So again, I get that they're doing this just so they can have the the discourse that's necessary when it comes about gun legislation, especially when it comes from the Republican side of the aisle in the House. So again, I get it. But the same token, I find it very interesting that they're doing this right now in a time that overlaps that their seats are going to be up come November. Uh, It's very interesting that they're doing it for this long while there's like no rules that they can do this. There's no filibuster rules in the House, it's only in the Senate, and there's no rules for any disciplinary action. And here's the other thing I didn't mention. So the House is considered, at this point, adjourned until July 5th. So, in theory, the House Democrats could be sitting there all the way through July 5th if they want to. And if they do... Just imagine what the counter-argument will be. They've been wasting taxpayer dollars because they've been occupying the house and everything. That's your money where they could have been spending that money elsewhere. You know, they're continually doing this political theater because of something that whatever... Speaker Ryan, as well as other Republicans, want to say about it, and there's also the reverse that you know they they can sit there through July 5th in theory, and they can say, look, we've been here all this time, we've been getting support from these groups and our constituents. Where have you been? You left. You left D.C. And yes, it's 
time to spend with families and you know procedurally we are adjourned but we've been here all this time waiting for an answer and when you did come out speaker ryan you didn't do a goddamn thing and yet you want to be the speaker for unity in the house so how's that going for you These are the two things that, that's going on right now. As well as any demonstrations that are happening outside of the Capitol building. So keep watching this and you know provide your own viewpoint. But again, let's just be let's have a real understanding that this is quote unquote democracy going on, but really it really took them this long to do what they're doing and everything. So even though I do applaud them for doing this, let's keep in mind that all of us were occupying and we were told that we were conducting political theater and we are the outliers. And now they're doing the exact same thing that we're doing, but their position of power with a capital P is, is much better than ours. Thank you for listening to this episode of Firebrand. I'm your host, AJ, and tune in next time. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, real democracy is really about participating in society. So go out there, do what you can do for the betterment of the world.